happy 2022 everybody welcome back the dragon's den is back online live and direct coming to you today's episode is can you think racially and not be racist this is a conversation between me and my good good friend brendan fristo he is my friend and also just an amazing human himself um so this is our conversation about uh how we feel about the topic so let's get right into it i hope you enjoy if you ever have any questions or comments email me and i'll make an episode about it enjoy so one more thing i forgot before we get into it dragons love hoarding and what do we love hoarding gold so in order to have gold things must be sold so here is a quick announcement from our commercial sponsors you can think racially and not be racist it's it's a process of acknowledging our our differences socially and also just not walking around in a fucking bubble who has time to be that self-absorbed that you just say oh i don't see color I'm not racist. I have black friends. That whole sentence is racist. Yeah. No, yes it is. But looking at like where we started, you have to see differences of race. Because white people don't get sickle cell anemia. They don't? No. That's news to me. Um, like pure Caucasian doesn't. Oh, from like the Caucasus Islands? You're from Northern Europe. Anywhere from that. That's, yeah. You know, they don't get it. It is a, a, I hate to say it, but it's an African disease. That's where it originated. It's those bloodlines that carry that because it's a genetic marker. And as it, as the, the bloodlines filter through and get more and more branches you see it in people who will be mixed but they're actually mixed well yeah because you if you're like i always say that when you're thinking racially about like representation you have to look at the mother just as much as the father and if the father is caucasian and the mother is african then that child's mixed. Like, er, that's common knowledge. Right, but there are people who who associate themselves sometimes very vehemently with being white. And I'm thinking the Southeast United States of America at this point. Um, who will actually be mixed race because granddaddy dallied with you know, or, gra- or, gra- or grandma dallied with one of the house slaves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gr- Granny dallied with one of the house slaves because granddaddy was off away, at, you know, with his dalliances or whatever. And, oh, look, you know, but, you, or even as I said, even the other way around, you know, granddaddy dallied with one of the slaves who now carries that the the is is mixed 50 50 and then filters through depending on personal choices and stuff like that 
right. and can, can at that point go pretty much and look Caucasian. Well, right. Because they're light, light skinned that they look Caucasian and will associate themselves with only Caucasian. And I find it humorous when somebody like that ends up with something that's like sickle cell anemia. I don't know if I could find it humorous, but we will definitely say that when you pick a side and you fail to acknowledge the other side of yourself, strange things do happen. Ironic, anyway. I mean, you're you're looking at somebody who I find all of this humorous because there's a reason I follow Loki. <laughs> a whole nother conversation. But no, I mean, look at this. And... and backtracking again like this yeah there is a racial difference that you have to look at and it's silly to think that something like hair just the the way your hair grows and as i pointed out you know there's the meme of i like your cut g smack you know and in that fresh cut look is is what african-american boys will go for and my whole story that I said of getting a haircut my night before prom would come across as a, a racial difference in thinking of, well, why wouldn't you get a fresh cut right before prom? You want to look your best. And being a white guy, my hair does not look good as soon as it's cut. Like, especially with wearing a short hairstyle like I did when I was in high school. No. You can't get your hair fresh cut because it looks like you've been licked by a cow. Walking around looking like a shaved sheep. Somebody, <laughs> wake it up, somebody. Right? And not even, I mean, even if you have hair all the way around your head and don't do something silly like a freaking white guy trying to pull a flat top or something, you know? It's like that you look like a cow licked you. Like you, your hair goes everywhere. It does not stay where you want it. Especially if you don't use, like, a hell of a lot of hair gel. Uh, cause white Was guys... pomade your friend? No, I did not use pomade. Unfortunately, I did not find about pomade until I was in my late 20s. Um, we had hair gel, which was, like, the the slime goop that you pour out of the tube. And, you know, the and you get the whole, um, uh, uh, is it? It's not Adam Sandler. It's the other dude. Actor, we just watched him in, in What About Mitty. You know what? I forgot his name, right? But that actor, um, where he like was masturbating before his date came over, and like the come and like it was on his face because he like lost it. Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller, that's it, and on his face, yeah, and like the whole whip with the hair that's what our hair does when we put like the hair, the hair goop in it. It's like everywhere. It looks like, you know. Hot mess. Hot mess. Yes, that's the words. But. You see, see, chocolate people, like I said, you can think about it like this. We got a lot of advantages. One of them is our hair. When we cut it, it stay right where it's supposed to. <laughs> right. So when you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, man, I don't have nothing to be thankful for. Look at your fresh cut. Thank your barber because he did you right. I mean, no sunburn? <laughs> or not as easy? Yeah, we burn, just you not burn, easy. You burn, not as easy. But this is what I mean when I'm talking about thinking racial and enjoying and celebrating those differences versus being racist. Yeah. Being racist is not accepted. 
at all ever and I think it's kind of a mental illness when you can look at somebody and go I don't like you because you're a different color than me I don't see birds or any other creature on the planet do that that I'm aware of where they're like oh you're different I have to attack you and make your life miserable ain't nobody got time for that nobody has time for that nobody well okay that's not true Trump has all the time <laughs> Trump has all the time for that. But going, going through that, and, and like I said, I feel that the the developments and the the emphasis behind like the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that is needs to be there. Um, it needs to swing through that that very in your face stage to get people to acknowledge it. And now that the younger generation has acknowledged it. As the younger generation gets older and gets into these seats of power is when you're going to see the actual attitude change. Um, and the education of the youth is, is where it needs to be in these things. Get Because you're not going to change the old people's minds. You never will. A, a radical idea takes root as, as accepted in a society... When the opponents die off. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, you're not going to change somebody's mind about racism. They're gonna have, you're going to have to change their kids' minds. Right. And I, that, that's true also in the media when we're talking about how we reach children now. Because a good, a good and bad example of that is Nas X. Nas X was a rapper or artist who children loved his song old town road and Mm -hmm. then when he changed his style to adapt to whatever was popular whatever he was trying to do i'm still not sure i'm a little confused by it but anyway i feel the last video he did with the naked men which i don't know if you've seen or not uh but he basically has a bunch of naked men dancing around naked and i'm sorry i don't want arrow seeing that arrow likes Nas x but after what had happened, I was like, nope, no more of that. Because that's a way to reach children to teach them about sexuality in such a way that they don't understand. So there is, I think, a limit on reaching children in the media or anywhere where we have to kind of tailor it to them, but with clarity. We don't, we're not muddling it with our own thoughts and opinions and beliefs, but just the facts that we have and keep them up to date. Yeah, I see that, and it ends up, unfortunately, all these things are so tangled together, I don't think there's going to be a, we're going to solve this problem, we're not, we're going to solve the racist problem, racism problem, we're going to solve the, the LGBTQ plus acceptance issue, um, we're going to have gender equality you know these problems are so intertwined and in my personal opinion stem back to to just the rampant capitalistic capitalistic society we have and a lot of it that solving one you need to solve all of them right and I think that's another reason people feel disempowered is they look at only this big picture and go, okay, that we have to solve all of this at once. Actually, no, you don't. 
a little bit of change goes a long way. You know, you drop a, a dime in a bucket and you keep doing that over and over. Eventually, you will have your 100000 It may take a little longer, but when you stop and you just get overwhelmed by everything, then, yeah, it could take the wind out of your sails. But I think that's a choice, too. You know, it, I don't see a lot of parents nowadays, especially young parents, being on their children's side in a way that's healthy for them. They just let them run wild. Yeah, but a lot of what I'm seeing letting them run wild is is like what we're talking about. You, you're talking about your mom and taking you to work and like your mom was working this job and you sat there on the bench, don't go anywhere. Um, and that doesn't really work as much. I mean, it, it didn't work for us. But it comes from their parents, you know, you're going to be prim and proper type of mindset. And again, I'm speaking, you know, from the the white perspective in the, you know, 20s, 30s and 40s, which I'm sure is vastly different. But that's the only history I have. You know, look at this and like, so you have your, basically what would be your... Well, me would be my great-grandparents or your great-great-grandparents or great-great-great-grandparents, you know. I can't even count that far back. I'm going to tell you right now, I know my history from Vallejo. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I get you. But, but I mean, mean, so your parents... Okay, so boil this down. My dad was born in 41. um, And his dad was born in... The twenties. You could count that far. Well, that's only two generations. Okay, so let me try. I got. I remember my mom's. Well, I don't remember her. Let me back that up. So my grandma, I've told, and then she has told me stories about her mom. So it'd be your great grandma. But that's it. Yeah, but that's as far back as I'm going. Okay, but past that, I have no idea. Well, okay. I guess I looked out. My my grandma was really big into genealogy. And this is, you know, before like Ancestry.com and stuff. And I actually did a whole bunch of research and looked through, you know, public domain documents of like birth and death records, which mm-hmm. are uh, public accessible. And found, like traced our family tree back. I mean, I'm my family's from Mississippi, <laughs> or not? Uh, sorry, Missouri, one of those fucking states. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> so there's a reason I live in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> is it racism? Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't like white people. <laughs> um. See. In order to heal ourselves, we must love ourselves, even our weird cousins. But you know what? Some of them are just too weird for us. Right? I mean, I don't know. When 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 your ancestors get in fights because one of them stole the other's pig or, or daughter or same thing. Yeah. We're, we're talking Hatfields and McCoys here, you know? <laughs> When your cousin's is when your cousin is your wife, 
Yeah, if and your brother-in-law is your dad, yeah. you get a little weird. Yeah, that's 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 not weird. That's incest. Right. That's that's just no. But I mean, <laughs> I don't understand why we would we would like no. We're not going to let the British royalty tax us. We're gonna we're gonna govern ourselves, and then you emulate the royal family. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you over here in Chocolatelandia, we're not doing that. <laughs> We we are so far from that that when we look at our cousin and we know he's cute, we just go, "Sup, that's it." <laughs> he's our cousin. That's all he is. That's all he ever gonna right. be. We it's it's just a little yeah. That's a, or I mean I can't even call it Oki because I think well maybe I could I don't know but again back on topic can you think racially and not be racist. I think you can. I think more people should. I think you have to. Especially in certain fields. I mean, you can't ignore racial differences as a doctor. Hmm. If you're looking at... You you have to take racial background into account when you're, when you're diagnosing somebody's potential illness because they come with you with a list of disease with a list of symptoms they give you and you you have to be able to look okay well like it was a sickle cell anemia is the example i used but because of your racial background you're more susceptible to be this or this as opposed to something different if you were a different racial background um so there's some fields you have to look at at differences but yeah, it's looking at the difference without degradation or or disparaging one race or the other. You know, it's that's where you have to get it. And I think almost with the the aggressive policing of potential racism. The people doing the policing need to look at and and check themselves in thinking racially and not racistly. Not everything said against a race is racist. Some of that shit is true. Yeah, and and as the oppressor in this instance, by default, unfortunately, um you have to look at what am how am I saying things and police we have to police ourselves in that but there also needs to be some self-policing on the other side of, of what are they saying and not that they're using they're, they're making a racial separation you know there, there can't be the leap to this person's being racist because they mention different races right like if you go up to somebody again and i love this example and you say i'm not racist i have black friends that's kind of like using the african community to validate your anti-racist behavior which is racist because being having a black friend isn't like a hall pass to anti-racism if you're anti-racist then you just are and you can be that whether you have black friend or not and using that, that's where the whole term Tolkien comes in. That Tolkien black friend. Token. Or 
Tolkien. Not not the author. Tolkien wrote about short people in rings, you know, (laughs) with furry feet. That was one weird dude. I was token as in like the yeah. Yes. That concept comes from that very language of I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Right. That all stems from actual business practice. Because when <clears throat> the NAACP and stuff like those organizations came up that that litigated for quote unquote racial equality in in workplaces, um, I'm all for. But but when they forced it into law, whenever you define something like that legally, you have to define what. Where the limit is. There's got to be parameters for every legal anything. So Let's if, just say that. Well, if, you, if you're looking at 10% of your staff at least has to be minority. And you have 10 people on your staff. So you're going to have one African American. That's going to be your token black guy. Which is wrong. Well, no, it is wrong, but that's... The 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 whole premise I'm saying is come from from the capitalistic side. I guess yeah, for, and I, litigation yeah. for it. So like almost the pushing too much for for it in legal definitions. You have the the that we're gonna meet the bare minimum and nothing else. So I guess let me reiterate that for some people who don't understand. I think what you're saying is that. Because of legislature, capitalists have said, okay, we'll meet you where you want us to be because we don't want to lose money. So we'll hire one minority so we're in compliance. But really, we're still racist as fuck and we don't care. Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I'm saying it. And it, it boils down to equality in workplaces of we have these um standards for for minorities that are hired and that's why you have minimum wage too mm-hmm. it's like oh what's the federal minimum wage seven dollars and 25 cents an hour that's what you're getting paid right which is not a living wage but no. that's a whole nother whole topic. Another topic thank you everybody for coming to the dragon's den it is good to be back we are talking about can you think racially and not be racist so please please Listen closely with an open mind and an open heart, and I look forward to seeing you again. Dragon House, out. Now, the Dragon Sin will take a quick commercial break to hear a word from our sponsors. So, send me an email at the Dragon's Den 333 at gmail.com and let me know what you think of our episode today. Personally, I like to say the conversation was very enlightening and at some points a bit humorous. If you feel the same way, shoot me an email. If you disagree, shoot me an email. And if you'd like to become a guest on the Dragon's Den, guess what? Shoot me an email, baby. Have a great day. Stay blessed and stay safe. Dragon's Den, over and out.